0: Welcome to the Encounter Christian Church message podcast, where we bring you the latest messages from our Sunday services. To find out more about Encounter or to plan your visit with us, you can find us online at www.encounter.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. Okay, we're in week two of our series more than conquerors week two and encourage you bring us a friend next week part three bring someone along to church someone who's never been before we're not going to weird them out i won't weird them out i'll try to be as normal as i can and uh last week that we discussed our overarching scripture which is romans eight thirty seven. it says in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In other words, you're not just, you don't just have victory. The Bible talks about victory. It's not just having victory. You guys can grab a seat. You did an awesome job. Want to give them another clap? They were awesome. But you are more than a conqueror. You're not just a conqueror, one that has the victory in a battle or, or over a situation. But the Bible says, the Apostle Paul wrote this, you are more than a conqueror through him who loved us. But we don't conquer in our own strength and just in who we are. We conquer because of him who loved us, because of Jesus, because of Jesus dying upon a cross, rising from the dead on the third day. He comes and lives inside of us when we've accepted that. And because of him, we are more than conquerors. It also says in all of these things, all of these, what are all of these things? What are all these things in your life? All of these things. Maybe there's marriage issues right now. Maybe there's a bit of conflict in the home. There's a bit of a struggle. Maybe you've been through a marriage breakdown. Maybe there's a business situation going on and you're worried about your business. What's going to happen? Or maybe you're on the brink of bankruptcy or you have gone back. What are all these things in your life? All of these things. In all of these things that we go through, whatever it might be, the Bible says you are more than a conqueror because of him who loved you. Whatever that situation might be. It also says that nothing can separate you. The scripture goes on says nothing can separate you from God's love. Nothing. There's nothing. If you went to the deepest oceans, it doesn't separate you. You went to the furthest galaxy, milky, wherever it might be, it can't separate you because God is everywhere. Things in your present circumstance, they cannot separate you. The things that are kind of come up in the future, you don't have to worry about it because that won't even separate. There's nothing you could do to add to God's love for you. You can't earn his love. You can't unearn it while we were yet sinners, the Bible says, that Christ died for us, while we were in a hopeless state. He died for you. He thought of you. Even if you don't know him today, that is his heart towards you. And this is, we spoke about this last week. So I'm giving you the people that weren't here a bit of an idea of what this is about. You know, I guess at the end of the day, this, is a, this, this message is like an overview of why we're here. It's, it's actually the big picture view of, of why humanity exists. And that every one of us is in a battle. You might know it. Doesn't mean you're not in a battle. Some of us know we're in a battle. We feel it. We're sensing it. Others, you're not even aware you're in a battle. But I want to, today, help you see that there is actually a battle for the souls of humanity. And then we're going to talk about that today. Last week, I also talked about that, I talked about who you are, who you are, or who are you. And that a soldier, when they go to battle, they need to kind of come from a place where their core, um, their being, their platform, their launching pad, you've got to know who you are. You've got to know your rank. Your serial number. Yeah. I've seen it in a movie, so I'm assuming yeah. you, everyone gets a serial number. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, or maybe that's a spy. I don't know. And you've got to know your, your authority level, where you fit in the big picture of this thing. Yeah. And that's what we want to talk more about today. For battles, we've got to come from this place where we're, we're, we're coming from that core of knowing who we are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And today's message is about what you are who you are last week, what are you? Because it's from those two things that we actually can wage war. It's from that premise when we know who we are and what we are that we can actually confidently have the authority we need in situations that you're facing. I also spoke last week briefly about um, how you see yourself determines how you see the world, what filter you're looking through. I also spoke about um, the way you think about yourself determines what you do. What you think, Am I not? I can't do that, I'm not good enough, I don't have that. How we see ourselves and think about it determines what we do. So my first point today is, what are you? Seed to eternity. Wow. See, if you look at a seed, I'm, I'm not going to fruit, but I'm going to trees, okay? <laughs> going to trees. And uh, if you look at, at, at a seed, it can grow into a massive tree. Yeah. Those massive gums we see around Shepherdon yeah. came from a seed. The Bible talks about a mustard seed being the tiniest seed, but it can produce a big, massive tree. You know, the DNA of that tree is in the seed. Everything that that tree is going to be is in the seed already. In the seed is everything it has to be who it's supposed to be. Within that little seed. Isn't that amazing? All it needs and has to have it is in that little seed. A little seed. was <clears throat> my girly voice. A little seed can produce a massive tree. It's like that superannuation ad, isn't it? Little little things, big things come here. Yeah, big things grow. Zechariah 4.10 says this. It's a book in the Old Testament. It says, do not despise this small beginning. Do not despise the small beginning. See, sometimes we look at little things and say, it's not a big deal. It's only a little thing. You know, what opportunity do you have in front of you now that seems just, you're not even paying attention to it because it's just too little. You see, God generally doesn't bring these big breaks in our life. It can happen. You could get that record deal. Like, that can happen. But it generally starts from little things. A little gig here, a, a, a little, you know, comedy club thing or, or whatever your, your thing you're going for. You just do the little ones. Jerry Seinfeld didn't start with Jerry Seinfeld show. He started doing gigs in New York at night in little clubs where nobody knew him. It's the little things that grow into the big things. This is God's ways. The seed grows into the big and it does it over time. The greatest achievements begin with a single dream. I didn't say that. It's a quote. But the greatest achievements begin with a single dream. A single dream, a single seed of a thought in a human mind or a human heart. You know, some of the greatest inventions... Discoveries in science and penicillin. You think about it. the people researched and came across discovering penicillin and, and, and all these kind of vaccines that, that have actually transformed the lives of millions of people around the world. Somebody came up with a thought to, to investigate and study. A little seed, a thought, a dream to invent something that can revolutionise the whole of humanity and save souls from people from dying at young ages and little children. Just with a little seed, a little thought becomes a big thing. Don't despise that small opportunity that's in front of you right now. Maybe you're ignoring it almost because it's just too little. But, you know, God takes those little things. We grab hold of them. Those little seeds become big things, become trees. You know, you started as a seed. The human embryo has the DNA within it of everything it is going to be. Within the human embryo is all that 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 person has is, is they're just gonna grow and eat food and do those things, but everything about that child, that embryo, is within the womb, in seed form. You don't know what a seed can become. Did the mother of Neil Armstrong, born 5th of August 1930, done my research? <laughs> did she think in the year 1930 World War II hadn't even happened? They, did. they weren't even thinking about space travel. It was like cartoon type stuff. Yeah. Did she think that the, the, the embryo, the seed within her, would become a man to be the first human being to, to land on the moon? Was that in her imagination? No. She just knew she had a seed. She had a seed. What about um, our Prime Minister, Scott Morris? Did his mother, when he was a seed in the womb, know that that little seed would one day be the Prime Minister of Australia? See, little, no, I don't think so either. We know so. Little seeds become big things. Genesis 1, 26, it says this. Then God said, let us make a man, and that's woman as well, someone like ourselves, to be the master of all life upon the earth and in the skies above. Why were you created? To be a master on this earth, to live in dominion, to live in victory. That's, That's who you're supposed to be, somebody who lives in victory. But God said he made human beings in his likeness, with his attributes, like ways like him. See, a human embryo has a spirit that is eternal within it. At the point of conception, I'm not going to get into the politics of it, but an embryo, this little seed, has a spirit inside that is in the likeness and the image of the creator. The image and the likeness of the creator is in that little seed. Within the spirit of that child. Stay me with this thing. See, God thinks you're of great value. Why? Because you bear His markings. You bear His imagery. You, you, you You bear attributes that are likeness like Him. The human race is very valuable. But see, there is an enemy called the devil. We don't talk about him much anymore, do we? See, when people see me, family members, they see my father. They often say, oh, you're an O'Donnell. We can see your father in your face. I don't look like him, but they can see that my, my I'm from him. He's my father. They can see him in my eyes. You see, when, when God looks at you, he sees part of himself, the yeah. likeness of himself wow. in you. And then the Bible says as an enemy, a devil, and he hates you. So we're in a battle humanity, whether you know Jesus or not, he's in a battle. There is an enemy, it's called the devil. He hates the human race. Why? Because when he looks into your eyes, he sees the Father. Yeah. When he looks into your face, he sees the creator, the very one he hates. Wow. He hates him, and therefore he hates you, because when he sees your face, he sees his likeness. Yeah. The devil made a statement in Isaiah fourteen fourteen: I will be like the Most High. He wanted, at the end of the day, what's the deal? He wanted to be God. He wanted to be like God. So what does God do? He goes and creates you like him. The yeah. devil wanted to take it and to steal it, and God granted it to human beings to be like him. And the devil sees your face, he sees the Father, and he wants to destroy the human race. What is this, this whole thing of us on the earth? is there's a devil that is roaring like a a, a lion, the Bible says, to devour, to bring destruction, to to bring havoc to your life because he sees the Father in your face. You have what he wants to be in the likeness of the Creator. Next point is you will have an eternal body one day. We're kind of talking, I'm I'm going this big picture stuff because to wage war on this earth, you've got to know who you are and what you are, to effectively fight that battle. See, the body that we have will go back to the dust. came from the earth. The body will go back to the dust. But the spirit that God's placed within us, that is in his likeness and image, it will live forever. And then we're going to get a new body, the Bible says. It says in Corinthians 1, verse 2 to 9, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined... What God has prepared for those that love him. What I like, nor the heart of man imagined. The Bible says it is impossible for us with our human minds to possibly even imagine. If we we tried to fantasize some crazy thoughts, we cannot even come close to. What God has prepared for those that know him and love him and accepted his son. See, you're going to get an eternal body one day. You're going to live forever, the Bible says in heaven, when we know Christ. But you can't even imagine what you're going to look like. You can't even imagine what it's going to be. We can think what we think it's going to be, but we have no idea what immortality will look like. And then the Apostle Paul says in Mark, no, Jesus said in Mark, let's go to, to the big guy. Mark 12, 25. When they rise from the dead, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. So, Jesus himself is saying we will be like angels in heaven when we, live, we, we get our eternal body. Like, if you didn't know the Bible, like I was reading these scriptures and I hadn't read them for a while and I'm thinking, does it really say that? That's pretty out there stuff. Like, this is like a sci-fi fiction book. Like, you know what I mean? But this is, this is the concepts of the Bible that have, that, that have existed for thousands of years. This is what the Bible's talking about. So what does that mean? It means that when we're born, we're made in the image of God, we have an eternal spirit, we're going to get an eternal body one day and live forever. On this earth, we have a temporal body. This, is just, this body is going to die and go to the ground. So this is like a transportation device. This is, this is a earthly transportation device for us to function on the earth while we're here. It's not going to last forever. But one day we'll get one that will last forever. Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.2, For in this tent we groan, longing to put on a heavenly dwelling. See, the Apostle Paul, get, he calls this body a tent because it's transient. A tent is not permanent. This is a tent or a dwelling that's just temporarily while we're on this earth. But he says that, that in within every human being there's a groaning because we're going to get a heavenly dwelling. We're going to get an eternal house. We're going to get an a, a eternal body for our spirit to live in that will last forever. I kind of get this concept in my head, and forgive me for going out there, is the Terminator. Remember the, Arnie in the first Terminator? And you know, and, and there's this flesh, and the flesh comes off, and there's this robot in there. Like, this human body is basically God's robotic machine that he made for your spirit to go from the seed to eternity. From the seed to eternity. He's got this plan all in place because he wants you to live forever in heaven with him through Jesus. So how do we explain this? In other words, this framework that our, like you're living in right now, which is the Bible also talks about his clothes, tent, a house, a temporary house. Allows us to function on this earth as a representative of heaven. We talked about last week that we are ambassadors of God. See, you're an ambassador of another kingdom who is on temporary assignment on this earth. Bringing God's voice and mindset and ways and worldview and thinking to this society so that as many people as possible can go to be with the Father. The Father who created them and in whose likeness they are. My next main point, guys, is you were created to rule. So we know who we are. We know what we are. When you think about it, you're an eternal spirit in this body, temporarily on this earth, from seed to heaven, get an eternal body. Okay, that's the the deal. But you were created to rule, it said in Genesis that I just read, to be masters of this earth, to be the gardener of the garden, to be good stewards of it. That's why God put us here. But, you know, we have an enemy while we're down here. Forces of darkness, the devil, whether you believe it or not, the Bible talks about it and he is here to destroy all those that bear the image of the father Ephesians 6:12 says this in the New Testament we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers against authorities against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places so your battle is not with your boss your battle isn't with your partner or your kids. Yeah. Your battle isn't with the government or necessarily or the prime minister. Yeah. Your battle is against spiritual forces of wickedness in dark places, yeah. spiritual yeah. demons and, and, and entities that we don't even really understand. That's what, this is not me making up some cipher. This is what the Bible says. This is yeah. the Apostle Paul. St. Paul is saying that's the battle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's full on. And these evil spirits are here to bring control, their own control. These evil spirits and, and forces of darkness are here to bring disunity in your family and in your marriage and in your relationships. They're, to, to, they're here to bring havoc and destruction. And we see it all over the world with wars and, and, and just cruelty that goes on. That's not God. God is not an orchestrator of that kind of evil. There's another force at work in the earth and he's wanting to bring havoc to the human race because he sees the face of ...of the Father in every single child, in every single country, all over this world. You have weapons, but, to fight this battle. You have weapons to bring victory. God doesn't just put us in here and says, there's a battle and, you know, just take it. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, a few scriptures today, but the Bible best, best describes it. 10.4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh... So we don't war according to this flesh, this body. We war according to the things of the spirit because we're fighting a spiritual war and it needs weapons that are spiritual. But they have divine power. The weapons he's given us for victory have divine power. They have, they have divine power. Power from heaven attached to them to destroy the strongholds. So we can destroy the strongholds because he has given us divine power. They're not of the flesh, it's of the spirit. What are some of these weapons? Well, the Bible says love conquers all. Love conquers all. A weapon of love can disarm so many things. The weapon of hope that, hey, I don't know what's going on in my world right now, but I have hope and I trust that God has a better future for me, a better tomorrow, that I will get through this circle. There's a hope is a weapon. Love is a weapon. Even though you don't want to love, we love. The Bible says you are disarming strongholds when you exercise love. Joy is a weapon. Forgiveness. Man, that's a hard one, isn't it? Sometimes it's really hard. Well, it's generally always really hard. But forgiveness, you're releasing somebody from a bondage. You're releasing yourself when we forgive. It's a weapon. Generosity. Generosity is like you guys given to God and you've been generous to your church. So much stuff can come out of that. Do you know what I mean? Generosity yeah. is allowing people and the kids should to come into a place where, where more people can come. Yeah. And people can encounter the love of God. It's a weapon. Our generosity is a weapon. Amen. The Bible also says that the word of God, yeah. the Bible, is our greatest weapon. Yeah. And it describes the Bible, the word of God, is a two-edged sword. Amen. It's not a sword to cut people down. Wow. It's not a sword to wow. judge people and wow. tell them you shouldn't do this. Yeah. It, it's a weapon in that it, discern, it, 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 it divides our soul and spirit. It discerns our thoughts. It challenges us. Yeah. As I'm preaching God's word today, you're chewing over it. It's going into your spirit. It's, yeah. it's alighting areas inside of you and challenging you in other words, in other ways, is, is what the Bible says. Where does this authority to rule come from? Where does our authority to rule come from? Well, the Bible says that, that Jesus who was God, came to earth in the form of a man and he was tortured on a cross and he spilled his blood and he was a sacrifice for humanity's sins. And then on the third day, he rose again. The Bible says when we accept him into our life, that we have peace with God, we are reconciled, is the word, to God again. And that he sends his Holy Spirit, the Bible says, his Spirit, his Holy Spirit to come and live in us. And that Holy Spirit is a deposit. It's like a house deposit. You've locked the house in until you do the final payment. He's, he's put his Holy Spirit in you as an assurance that you will have eternal life. It's an assurance that you have an eternal body coming one day. It's the down po- deposit on the internal body is the Holy Spirit that you know it's going to come. And see, when the Holy Spirit lives in us, the Bible says he teaches us all things. He illuminates things in us. He helps us understand who we are and what we are. Who you are and what you are. When you read the Bible, and maybe you couldn't read it before, you didn't understand, the Holy Spirit illuminates it. It show, He shows you things in there that you can be informed and understand. That you can be aware. How could you be aware that there is even a battle if the word wasn't shared with you today? How could you be aware that there is even forces of darkness and forces of good in a spiritual, unless the word of God told us? Thank you. Sorry. I'm preaching too quick. That's the problem. We're going to slow down here. Romans 8.37 says this. I'm going to read it again. It says, In all these things you are more than conquerors through him who loved us. See, it's because of him who loves you, his sacrifice, his, his Holy Spirit live inside of you, that you are now armed for battle, that you are engaged in the war, and that we need to not be Christians that, like, you're sitting on chairs now, but we live our Christianity in in a sitting posture. But we're Christians that live in in an awareness that we're in a battle. We're aware that there's a war going on. We're aware that there's an enemy who hates me because he hates him and he sees him in me and he wants what you have. And that you can forgive even though you don't want to. You can love even when you don't feel like it. You can be generous when it hurts. It's more than just saying words. Like prayer is another weapon, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Prayer. And yeah. we can just say the words, um, you know, we can just quote a scripture, and they can be just words. But the words have to come from a place where you know who you are yeah. and you know what you are. See, when the words come out of you knowing who you are and what you are, it comes from a place of authority it comes from a place that's a core a, a platform a a, a, a a launching pad it's it's not just you know when the general gives gives directions he might you know, he doesn't say like in a little kind of voice oh okay let's go to battle it's just the general is roaring out the command yeah, out. teachers yeah. in the room here you, you put your teacher's voice on i'm a teacher you put your teacher's voice on you don't just say little johnny oh just move from there you been a bit. You, hey you do it with authority yeah. then the kids say when we talk to our enemy and we're in battle, we need to we need to speak from a place that I know who I am in God. I know that I have the keys of the kingdom, that I know that no weapon formed against me. The Bible says no weapon formed against you. Don't just say no weapon's formed against you. No, no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. We need to speak the words with authority and with power when we're praying, when we're doing things. Because it comes from knowing him and knowing who you are and knowing what you are. If I could get the music guys to start to head up, please. It needs to come from a place of conviction. Not just that you heard it. You know, there's a thing in the Bible where these seven sons of Sceva, it says, we're trying to um, cast out these demons. And they were just saying in Jesus' name, you know, go, demons. And these demons came in through the man that they were in went and destroyed them and ripped their clothes off and chased them and all that. And and basically, the end of the story is, they were just using it like a formula, using Jesus' name, but they didn't have what Paul had. They didn't have. They didn't know Jesus. They didn't have that conviction, that authority. It, it's not just like superstition thing that we pray some prayer. The prayer has to come from this platform within us. It's deep. That's a conviction that I know who I am and I know what I am. In other words, so what are you? You are an eternal being. You are an eternal being. Right now, when you are a seed in the womb, that little seed of an embryo, when it meets Christ, becomes an eternal being in heaven one day that we can't even imagine what we will be. It doesn't even enter our mind what you shall be in your heavenly state. And that you are here on temporary assignment on this earth. In this tent, this body that will decay and will go and go back to the ground. But this body simply is temporarily a temporal transporter to take you from the seed to eternity. It's to take you from the seed to eternity. And that's God's mission. That all of humanity would go to eternity but it comes through the sun. So you're on temporary assignment as an ambassador of another nation, of another kingdom on this earth. So what are you doing here? What's your life about? Your life is you're in a battle, in a war while we're here to take as many people to release the prisoners, the Bible says, to open the blind eyes for people to know the favour of God, that they too would know him and have favour in heaven forever. That's our mission. And that's what this church is about. What do we have to do to get people from out there, in here, to hear these words? If we could put my last little quote up. Hell wants you. Heaven bought you. The earth needs you. You're owned by heaven. Hell's at your door wanting you to to fall in. But this earth needs you. Your children need you. They need dads and mums to be present in the moment with them. Your parents, if you're younger, they need you. Shepparton needs you. Your work colleagues need you. You are an ambassador. They may not know it, but you are an ambassador with good news. This is what the gospel is, to tell people the good news. God needs you to be who you were created to be. This is all this series is about. God wants you to be who you were created to be, to be who the Bible says you are, to know who you are, so you're not deceived, and we're, we're, we're being whacked here and whacked there, it's like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Hey, it's a battle. Wake up. Yeah. You're in a battle. Yeah. Wake up from your sleepy slumber. Yeah. Yeah. You have a commission. Amen. Every person in this room has a mission. Whether you know Jesus or not, he's got a mission waiting for you to say, hey, put me, put me in the, the uniform. Give me my rank and serial number. Hey, point me in the right direction. Amen. Why don't we stand this morning? And I just want to pray over us. I just want to pray over us. So, I don't want to just really encourage you just just to really believe what the Bible says. This isn't like Pastor Robbie making This is what the Bible says. This is who you are, whether you know Jesus or not. I'd love you to, to meet him so you can be enlisted into this battle and you can know you have an enemy and who that enemy is and what they look like i was going to pray over us as, as a church right now let's why don't you close your eyes and, and if you're comfortable just put your hands out or lift them up father in heaven i pray father that you would cause this word today to, be, to become a reality that you would bring this thing we call a revelation or a conviction, Father, that, that it would be more than just like, well, that's interesting thoughts, Father, but, but you would cause this word, Father, to go deep within the souls, Father. There's a food that goes deep into the stomach of, of people's spirits today, Father. That it would be a new day for so many people that have been activated, Father, by your word. Whatever situation we may be facing, whatever oppositions or spirits might come against this church or against individuals and against families, I bind every power of darkness that would seek to bring division in marriages. I bind every spirit of control, every fortress of the enemy. We come against you in the name of Jesus Christ. And we pray for an open heaven, Father, and the things would happen and the things would grow and the things would come into being, Father, in so many lives in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God a shout. Thank you for listening to this message. To stay in touch with Encounter, follow us on Instagram at encounter.cc or find us on Facebook at encounter.shepperton.